Welcome in. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com. Friday afternoon edition. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Justin Berg. We did we wanted to we 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 talked about doing one earlier in the week this week, but uh the the Tulsa rematch was kind of redundant. Uh, that kind of spoke for itself last night. We'll get into that a little bit, but really we wanted to focus on Sunday with the show this week as Cincinnati travels to Philly to take on the Temple Owls. So we thought the best time to do that would be Friday. Uh, that way we could recap Tulsa and, and get a good look uh, ahead at Temple. Um, so thanks for bearing with us, joining us on a Friday or maybe a Saturday uh, and checking out the show. If you're a little tired from last night, I know that was an exciting game. Maybe you had a little trouble sleeping. The best remedy for you this morning would have been Trace Poundtown's coffee. It's freshly roasted gourmet coffee shipped directly to you. The coffee beans are roasted to order your order and shipped out immediately. Every bag of beans is shipped fresh to you. The roast date clearly printed on it so that you know your coffee is fresh. Freshly roasted coffee tastes the best. There's a huge difference between drinking coffee that's been freshly roasted versus even just a few weeks old. All the coffee you find in your grocery store and even gourmet food stores has been sitting there for weeks so how do you get your Trace Pontas coffee? You go to www.tracepontas.com slash coffee, T-R-E-S-P-O-N-T-A-S.com slash coffee. All orders are placed directly. When you place the order, they will ship out immediately. They offer 12-ounce bags and whole bean and ground coffee. They also offer K-cups. You can choose between light, medium, dark, and French roast. And when you get to checkout, enter the code BEARCATS. B-E-A-R-C-A-T-S. That will give you 20% off every bag. Enter that at checkout. You get free shipping. You get 20% off. You get great coffee that my family is fighting over. Uh, I, I did convince my, I think I mentioned last week, my stepbrother uh, got it. They, they gave it to him for his birthday. They gave him a, a bag of Trace Poundtouse coffee. And then he hit me up and said, what's the, the checkout code? I'm getting a subscription. I don't want to wait. I have to have this coffee in my life. And now he is a Trace Pountas coffee subscriber. And uh, knowing him, he probably went weekly. He's probably getting a bag every week. So uh, do that now. It's good. You'll support Bearcat Journal, and uh, you'll get good coffee. Berg and I really aren't coffee drinkers. We, we find other ways to uh, inject caffeine into our systems. But if I was a coffee drinker, I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'd be very high on Trace Pountas as well. Uh, Berg. Yes, sir. This team can shoot. <laughs> at home. Yeah, they, at, they at home, can at home. At home. Uh, the, very good. Uh, it, it was a uh, very much a reversal of fortunes from what we saw when the Bearcats went to Tulsa in a game they had to uh, rely on Kane Broom heroics at the end of regulation and Jaron Cumberland overtime to escape with the win. This time... It was not close. The Bearcats took the lead 37 seconds into the game. They never trailed, and they dominate Tulsa's start to finish 88-64. to Jaron Cumberland, 23. Justin Jennifer, 18. Trey Scott, double-double, 13-11. and 11. Um, Overall, a, uh, a very strong performance from the Bearcats. They defended well. They rebound exceptionally well, especially on the defensive end. And uh, Frank Hayes' team never had a shot. Yeah, two games in a row that they own the glass. I know that's been a point of contention from Mr. Cronin. 
And just just an aside for for Justin Jennifer, you know, he took that shot at the end of the first half, that like sixty footer. Yeah. I, I wonder if did they? I assume they counted that as one of his misses because now he's thirty for sixty one at home from three. So if he wouldn't have been the one taking that shot, he'd be an even fifty percent from three point range at Fifth Third Arena this season. But he is. He shot the ball well at Wichita, and uh, he proved that he could do it on the road. So he's not just a home shooter, at least as of last Saturday. But, yeah, I mean, that that game was – the spread was 14. Figured uh, that could be about right. And UC was up by 11 and a half. They didn't shoot the free throws very well, 9 for 18 in the first half. They left some points on the board. They probably should have been up by more, like, you know, 15, 17 or something like that. And they just – Tulsa – and the second half started getting hot early, and you thought, oh, here we go again. But then Cincinnati continued to answer. Jennifer was hitting threes, and Cumberland, and um, Trayvon Scott stuck one. The news, the, the stretch four now for Cincinnati. <laughs> I, I asked him that when we got into the uh, media room, and he had a little chuckle about that. But, yeah, I mean, he was shooting with confidence. So it was uh, one of those deals where you go on the road, and there's it's just a slower pace, and uh, you're being a little bit more careful offensively. And that's and, and they had UC had trouble with Tulsa's zone the first time. They never really got the ball into the paint. They only had nine free throw attempts the whole game in Tulsa, and they had eighteen in the first half last night. So they were just more aggressive. They owned the own the glass, like you mentioned afterwards. Uh, twenty five second chance points is a lot, and they win by twenty four. So there you go. Uh, let's touch on Justin Jennifer for a minute. Uh, we we've done that a lot this year, and hopefully we will continue to do that. Uh, over these next six weeks uh, of the regular season. But I think for me, and and seeing him last night with that big smile on his face, um, we've gravitated to him throughout his career at Cincinnati. One, the kid has worked his rear end off. Um, A lot of kids would have gotten down on themselves would have given up would have would have dropped to a, a maybe one step lower level and, and had success but one of the things that that kind of always drew us to Justin was I think he kind of he has always taken pride in the challenge of I'm going to show everybody I'm good enough to play here and this coming from there was no bigger Justin Jennifer doubter when he was recruited than me because I didn't know that, that, one, he could take care of the ball as, as Mick Cronin wanted him to take care of the ball. Two, his jump shot was broken when he got here. Um, you've talked Not about clear. this with – yeah, you talked about this with him a lot. Uh, he, he would flick – he shoots left-handed, and his right thumb, he would flick the ball uh, as it was coming out of his hand. I don't know if that is something because when he was – because he's always been smaller, if that was a way to get a little bit of extra – oomph on the ball uh to get it to the rim but the kid never wavered and to see one his senior season going the way it's going and two just to see him having the fun he was having last night that's something special man I mean it's it's awesome to watch yeah and like I tweeted out the other day I mean that's just it's a testament to how hard he works but also the player development that's just what this this program has been about. And you look at their best seasons is when they have veterans that have made lots of strides over the course of their career. So now 
here he is. And, and, and you look, like you said, a couple of years ago when he's a sophomore playing behind Troy, I mean, he, he was barely playing at all. And in, in, in the big games, I mean, he'd be lucky to get three or four or five minutes. Yeah. And now you look at this season and the team with him on the floor, I, mean, I was just looking at some of the analytics and offensively it's night and day. I mean, it, they're much better on the floor or they're much better offensively with Justin on the floor. And I mean, he's, he's just proving that, that if you put the work in and you, and you believe, and, you know, he's obviously coming from a place where he's, he's shorter, and, you know, and so you're always, it's like one of those deals. I heard Spud Webb when he won that dunk contest and on one of those NBA videos. And he said, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. And I, I, I remembered that. And I think that's probably where you're looking at a guy like Justin, because I don't think a lot of the people around the, the program, the fans and stuff like that, um, thought that he should be playing. And, and even back to last season, everyone was calling for Kane to play more. And, uh, and I think coming into this season, I think that was a big question mark. And now, I mean, you, you got to have him out there. So it's, he's, yeah, he's legit. One of the best point guards in the country. It's true. If you, if you're, he's the, he's the leading three point shooter in the American conference. He was, he was number two in assist to turnovers coming into last night. I think he had four and two. I think he had two turnovers, but so I don't know where exactly he was. He was like, he was behind one guy coming into the game. So he, he did lose his, his hold on the national lead. But yeah, if you're going to be that high up in assist to turnover and you're going to shoot that well, he's kind of like, if you go, if you go back to Monte Morris at Iowa state, I mean, he was a hell of a shooter and he was always leading the, 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 the nation in um, assisted turnover. So, and not only that, he's just steadying. He's a senior. So yeah, he, I mean, like Mick said, I mean, God, give me a senior point guard any day, especially one that can make threes. Yeah. And Mick also brought up something interesting last night and and going back, I was looking at the highlights again and we've seen it pretty much all year. I don't know that there's ever been anyone more mechanically ready to catch and shoot than he is right now since Mick's been here. Because and and he, it used to be just on you know wide wide open shots, but now you're starting to see even if there's a closeout, his confidence level is is growing, and you're you're seeing him take a couple shots off the dribble now. Um, you, you're starting to see him add some things that that we haven't seen from him before. Uh, now that he's getting that confidence, and and you look at it and say, you know what? he might still be expanding his game as a senior and might still yet be a, a more important part of this offense than than he already has been, and he's been substantial. And um, like I said, man, just for a kid that, that we've been around and had the chance to watch work, and I don't know that I've ever seen anyone here take as many lumps in practice, it, you know, the, the kid's constantly on the floor constantly diving for balls, constantly trying to make plays to make the team better, and he never complains. Um, it's just really cool for me to for, – for guys like that, guys you get to know really well, uh, and, and now it's a guy that this team's 17-3 and three and he's a major part. And it goes back to uh, – it goes to um, a line Mick dropped last night, which is which is one of my favorites of the season shoplifting tradition what what did you think of that 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 line from him when Trayvon said that 
Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I, I wasn't surprised. I, I understood where he was going with that. I mean, and Mick had he's he's talked before about you know you can't just show up because you have a Cincinnati jersey on and the other team's gonna run away and and you're not you're, and you're not gonna just win games because you're you know you because you play for Cincinnati you got to do the same stuff everyone else has done. So I, I yeah I mean I'm not I, I see where he was going with that. I had it's an interesting term. I didn't I didn't I never would have put shoplifting. I, I would have right. thought of maybe like cheating tradition or something like that. But I'm not sure where he came, where he came yeah. up with shoplifting on that. Um, but it, yeah. it's fantastic though because it it, it like and it, it it resonated with Trey Scott. He's the one that brought it up in the post game press conference. If you haven't watched it, um, but it, it's a great point. Like. You don't get to be a great rebounder just because Gary Clark was a great rebounder, or whoever before you. Justin Jackson was was a great rebounder like that. You don't get that title just because you put on the Seapaw. You got to go out and earn that title. And you know Trey last night, eleven rebounds, nine in the first half, eight on the defensive glass where they really wanted to set the tone. Um, and not give if you go back to that that last Tulsa game, quite a few of what they were the threes when they got hot were offensive rebounds and then kick back out, step into the three, bang, and they didn't get that last night at all. What they had six offensive rebounds on thirty misses. Yeah, and you know I, that is resonating with those guys that you don't get to be really good you don't get to be in the ncaa tournament just because you put since you know the jersey on and and you've got to go out and earn it yourself and this is a group that's done a hell of a lot of earning man yeah and they were 18 and 2 at this point in last year through 20 games or 17 and 3 this year and i don't think anybody saw a season like they've had so far uh coming even though there's been a little bit of up and down and there's there's been some games where they haven't really been on top of things, but the reality is, outside of the the clunker against East Carolina, they've won most of those games where you know they they're playing with fire a little bit, and, and now it seems like they're starting to get a little on a little bit more of a roll and starting to have a little bit more confidence in themselves. Yeah, and one one more point on on back to Justin Jennifer before we continue talking about how hard he's worked on his shot. It's a perfect model for Logan Johnson. Not that Logan Johnson needed any motivation because he's obviously a hard worker and he knows what he needs. He knows how to grind because he comes from a family where grinding gets you a long way. But obviously he's coming in with his shots, not you know, his shots a little bit broken as he come as he, as he enters um, his Bearcats career. And so, you know, Justin has taken the mentor role, um, for, for Logan. And so if he's just like, I mean, Logan can see what, what the, what benefits you can reap if you do put the work in. So it's just another thing that, you know, you look at the Bearcats development. So you look at Logan Johnson now, I mean, he, he, he looks like he'll never be a good three point shooter. If you just look at what his shot looks like now, but Justin came in shooting a knuckler and here he is leading the conference three point shooting three years later. It just gives you hope for, for Logan Johnson's career, not that anyone has any doubt that he's going to be a great player, but if he ends up being a, you know, a reliable three-point shooter, then, this, then he could he could be one of the greats. 
he had a couple nice passes last night, especially that little yeah on the baseline. Yeah, yeah. baseline. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll have plenty of time to talk about Logan Johnson. Yeah, (laughs) make no mistake there. Uh, and we're starting to see, uh, consistently every night out, Alpha Jaron Cumberland, Mm -hmm. and um, this team has taken to a different level, and we got a hit on as well. Top 30 in offense. Top 30 in offensive rating. Yeah, that's uh, not something you thought you would see when this season started. And Everyone thought you lose Evans and Clark in Washington, and you'd be lucky to get in the top 80. And, of course, this ha- this is this is the first time that a Mick Cronin team has had a higher-rated offense than a, def- than a defense. Um, as, as of right now today, right, or as of last night when they updated the, the stuff on Ken Palm. Because I, I don't even think, like, even the first game of any season's <laughs> you you would have, you would have seen that the number being higher on the left on the left column than the right. So that I think actually question. somebody there there was one season where it happened for one game or something. No, for the season. There no. were yeah, it was uh, Deontay Vaughn's junior year, Yancey's freshman year. Oh really? Okay. I think they were eighty third in offense and like one hundred six in defense. Oh wow. Okay. Well, Which makes sense. That was yeah. that was not a, a good defensive team. Right. Okay. So it's been a while, or at least any team that was in contention for yeah for getting to the tournament. And so then you you start thinking about, and this is this is way down the road, but just just the thought. I'm sure people are thinking like, hey, all these years when you didn't, you know, the Bearcats didn't make much of a run. And you're thinking, well, they just didn't have a good enough offense, and you know, it's hard to make a run on just defense. Well, here here you go. So, but that being said, they haven't really proved it against the best competition and especially away from home. So Sunday coming up here against temple that you're going to get both of those opportunities in, in one game. Yeah. Um, Jaron real quick though. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's watching that development, watching that growth has been really interesting to me because the confidence now is sky high. Now I think, he realizes he can put points on anybody at any given time. Um, there's no uh, sharing per se. Um, and I, I don't want that to sound like a bad thing, but I think when you have Jacob and Gary and Kyle and you're kind of the fourth guy, you feel like they're going to get theirs, you know, in this stretch or, or we're going, we're playing through Gary right now. So I'm going to, you know, kind of be a secondary guy. And now it's like, okay, load up your defense, do whatever you got to do. I'm still going to get my points. And I've got a bunch of dudes around me that are really good at what really good in their specific roles. Justin is a spot up shooter. Keith is a slasher trade developing that mid range game. Nas throwing it down low and, and him being a, a factor one-on-one at the rim. Um, you know, Kane being able to create off the bounce a little bit to compliment Jaron. Uh, there's just a lot of different moving parts that all have uh, developed into very specific roles, Berg, and, and they're thriving in those roles. Yeah, and when I talked to Jaron briefly before the season after that's I released That's the only the way point. you talk to Jaron is briefly. Exactly, that's what I had <laughs> <laughs> but he, when I wrote that story, when I, after I talked to his high school coach, uh, Mike Noska about, you know, when he's the alpha and, and his coach feels like that's a better role for him. And I asked Jaron about it and he said, Hey, 
that team in high school was about everybody knowing their roles. You said, if, if, if everybody figures out their roles on this team, then we'll be great. And it's taken some time and they did suffer the one bad loss, but to be 17 and three, when you are defining roles, it's, it's, <clears throat> you're a little bit ahead of the curve that obviously the last 11 games are going to be some of the tougher games are going to play all year, but yeah, it's the team fits. It's not that it's not that teams in the past haven't. It's not that they haven't fit, but this one just seems like everybody has their thing that they do, and it and it just all collectively is is more of a problem for defenses. And starting with Jaron, but you know, and maybe last year you felt like you could you could you know how about like just look at the Nevada game. You look at the end; they weren't even guarding either Justin or Kane at the end of that game. They, they were saying, "Who cares? We're not going to guard you." Right. And and. And you can't do that now because Justin can Justin shooting almost fifty percent from three, so that just right there, there's something. And then you know Keith Williams, like you said, he's he's settling in his role, and and you just it it, it's, it just seems to fit better. So that's probably part of it. But but also if you have a guy who can get fouled, I mean he's missed a few of the last couple of games that he, he's not shooting as well as he normally does from the line. But yeah, he but that, was never that, an eighty five percent free throw shooter. No, though. like he's, that. Yeah. But either That's way, coming he, back to earth yeah. a little bit. Either way, he's getting there, which helps you set your defense, but and helps you get to the bonus quicker, which is going to help your offense. But he's just he he can do it all. The only thing that he's that his that his analytics say he's he's um, below average at is his two point jumpers. He's he just he's he's got a low percentage on those, but um, so he should he should shoot more threes than mid range twos. Although he, he's you know he makes a few. But either way, yeah, he's 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 the head of the snake, and and that's where he thrives. And like you said, I mean, he in the past he could just hang in the corner or maybe get some you know, some runouts and stuff like that. But now there's been some games where he didn't bring it in the first half, and it's it's either cost UC or it almost cost him. So he it seems like now he understands that he needs to just get going from the jump, and that and you know leading into this game on Sunday, he's gonna. I mean, this is this is the type of game where you're also gonna get. Some more athletic wings, bigger, stronger guys that are going to be tougher for him to get around and, and also even get his shot off comfortably against. So it'll be a really good test for him on Sunday. Um, I think my favorite thing this year is is Jaron developing that kind of stand there and rock you move. And then as soon as you put your hands down, he puts a three on you. And or I, you foul him. Yeah, but and that's happened a bunch too. He's he's gotten fouled on threes quite a bit, but that's an interesting one. I, I you don't see that much anywhere, where he just catches it, stares you right in the face, and waits for that one second for your hand to drop. Bang, three. Yeah, it takes a lot of stones to know that that is in your arsenal because that that is technically a pretty low percentage shot. You're not stepping into it. You're not. There's no rhythm to your shot at all other than I'm better than you and I'm going to put it on you from 28 feet with you standing there looking at me. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, he believes in himself. He really does. And he, he rises in the big spots, as you've seen at times this season. And so that's that's another good thing moving forward, especially with all these big games coming up. I also love he is a uh, – you talk about his game being old school. Even the trash talk to his game is old school. 
because trash talk in this day and age is very in your face, very loud. Where Jaron is like uh, the Larry Bird type. You you never really catch it on camera, but it's always he's always you know in passing as he's walking past you, he'll have a little something to say, very quietly. Um, he clearly got under the dude from Wichita State skin the other night, and, and that's what changed the game. The guy comes back to him to tell him, I'm not afraid of you. I can only imagine what Jaron had been whispering in his ear for 35 minutes. For right. that kid to feel the need to go, I'm not afraid of you. Hey, clearly you are. <laughs> I love the old school, like, 1980s trash talk. It, Jordan did it a lot. Larry Bird did it. Where they just, it, it, it's, it, it's subtle and it's nuanced. And it's letting everybody know, I'm the best player on this floor. And right now, Berg, I don't think there's any question. American Athletic Conference Player of the Year through 20 games is Jaron Cumberland. Yeah, probably so. Who else? Maybe Shiz? Maybe. Houston doesn't really have an, an alpha. Yeah, I mean, because I guess you would—you would. It's hard to pick between Corey Davis Jr. and Armani Brooks, as far as their scores go. But yeah, they don't really. You're right. They don't. And and Central Florida, BJ Taylor, he's been good. I don't know if he's been great. He's he probably hasn't been right Jared there. Cumberland, good. No, but I mean, he's probably in the running. He was the preseason pick, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I I, I think I would go Jaron at this point. I think I would. Um, something before we get to Temple, and, and we'll do that here in just a moment. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on on the offense, and this is something that Mick touched on uh, at the the media availability on, what was that, Tuesday. Um, this team offensively is better, not because they have five scorers on the floor at all times, which it's starting to develop into that they do, but – they're better at screening. They're better at passing. They're better at, at getting guys open and allowing them to do what, what is in their comfort zone. Uh, fundamentally, this is a better offensive team. Like, Gary was never a great screener. He was good, but he was never that was never a strength, and nor should it have been. Um, Kyle was not a screener by any stretch of the imagination. And with Trey and Nas, those guys are setting solid screens. Jaron sets good screens. Um, it's the, the intricacies, the little things that are making this offense better than it has been in years past. Yeah. I also think that if your lead guy is more versatile and can beat his man off the dribble and pass and score at all three levels, that helps too. Yeah, no question. But a lot of him getting open in this, those situations is because of the execution. Right, and he's able to – He's his ability to now and, read and, the screen and, and read and react to where use the defender the is. Yeah, exactly. See, that's the next – that's the evolution that a lot of scorers, it, it takes them a while to get there. Because before he was just open because there were so many – you know, there were so many other right. guys that teams had to deal with, whereas now everyone knows that they're trying to get the ball to him and he's still getting open. And not only that, he can read whether his man is up on him close and he'll put fouls on him. Yeah. Or like Mick talked. Uh, in the post game last night, the play right before halftime, 
that was designed to get him the ball out at the three-point line. He read the defense. The opening was was going to be at the elbow. Catches it at the elbows, puts a puts a two on him. And, and just that understanding of what they're doing, what they're trying to limit, um, and and it's not just setting good screens. You can set good screens, and if the guy doesn't use the screen properly, the screen is useless. Exactly. Um, and this team is doing the little things well, uh, which we knew they would have to do because there were going to be limitations in terms of year over year what the talent level was. Um, but uh, just fundamentally, it's been a fun team to watch on offense. Did not see that coming. No. <laughs> Do you ever see that coming, though? Or would you ever expect that? I mean, I think what? in the past you probably have. Like, remember, was it last year or the year before where everyone was like, this could be mixed? I think it was last year. Everyone was like, last this year, could be yeah. mixed best offensive team. And it wasn't. It was the at year before not. with Troy at point right. guard. Right. But I, so, But this team right now, 30th. That's the best it's been. I mean, it's, obviously they have a lot of hard ones coming up, especially on the road, which will bring their numbers down because they don't they don't score as well on the road. Not even close. Yeah, but you're, you're getting into where the sample size is big enough. You're not going to see wild swings anymore. You shouldn't. Unless, you know, they're, they're just brutally bad. But um, even the, with the struggles they've had on the road, They've still managed to be pretty efficient offensively, which That's is true. Uh, which has been refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, would like to thank everybody for joining us last Saturday at Taft's Brewporium, another successful watch party. Berg got to check it out. Berg, what was your uh, your overall take on the watch party atmosphere at Taft's Brewporium? Nice vibe. I liked it. It wasn't too crazy, but it was. There was definitely a lot of Bearcat fans in the house. And I ordered some wings, and they were the biggest, meatiest wings I've ever come across. I so, they were, like let's stop on that for a second. They were gigantic. You know, yeah. how usually, like when you get wings, like you, you'll get that one wing. You're like, that's a big ass wing. You had six of them. Yeah, you you got six wings. It looked like you got twelve. Right. They it were was all a like full basket of wings. Who was the Who was the guy who played for Central Florida a few years ago? That big, huge dude they had. <laughs> yeah, I, know I can't think of his name right now. Me either, but he. There was like six of him. They so, were like yeah. I didn't even eat them all. I gave your dad two of them. Yeah, I, my dad, I was full after three of them. My dad had two wings, and that was like lunch. Yeah. They were they were almost drumsticks. That's right. how big they were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, great pizza, great wings. Uh, great atmosphere, really good beer. Uh, the, the the Brewporium has become the place for watch parties uh, for UC Athletics. And uh, thank you to everybody for, for making that happen. And uh, don't forget also Taft's Ale House, which is downtown right by Washington Square Park. And they have phenomenal tri-tip steak uh, entrees there. The sandwiches are excellent. Um, I need to get back to the Ale House uh, I, uh, when we, when we set that deal up, I was hoping the ale house is where we were going to do this, uh, just because I love the tri-tip steak sandwiches, but now I've been won over by the pizza. Um, I, 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 I wasn't feeling great on Saturday, so I didn't get one for lunch, but then as I was, as the game was winding down and, and UC was going to win and I was in a, a bit of a better mood, uh, somebody got the Roebling, um, which is a, a fantastic pie. Uh, with, with pepperoni and ricotta and, and sausage. 
and I and I smelled it, and I was like, I I gotta take me one home. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be happy with myself if I get home and in 30 minutes I'm like, what's for dinner? And the answer should have been a pizza from Tass because I was just there. Uh, one of the best pizzas in the city. Um, so uh, thank you everybody for supporting them. Continue to support at both locations, Taft's Brewporium, Taft's Ale House. Uh, not going to do a watch party this week. Sunday at noon is just a rough one, I think. Yeah, no need for that. You just got to roll out of roll out of bed. Just get your day organized, and then yeah. uh, get your get your snacks and lunch and all that stuff. And I think you're going to need some alcoholic beverages if you're an alcoholic <laughs> beverage drinker for this. Start one. starting early, day drinking early for the game in Philly. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a, a, probably outside of Mississippi State. This will probably be the toughest road test yet. For Cincinnati, they they've they they struggled to play well when they've gone to Philly. Fran Dumphy has always had his teams ready for when Cincinnati comes in, um, and they tend to. And I don't know the numbers this year. You can you can update me on this, but I think the main reason that that Temple has given Cincinnati problems is they never turn it over at a high clip, and they don't foul a lot. So you're taking away points off turnovers. You're taking away Cincinnati getting to the free throw line. That has been a challenge every time they've gone to Philly. And um, I would guess regardless of what the numbers say, I would guess it's going to be a problem again. Uh, but, but those are areas where Cincinnati is, has made hay and, and Temple is just typically uh, Fran Dunphy's coach teams have not, you know, allowed you to beat them in those areas. Yeah, well, Temple, both sides on the turnover margin have been strong this year. So I think, he, thinking about this game, and the reason I brought up the alcoholic beverages is because every possession on both sides of the ball, if you're a Bearcat fan, there's something to be worried about. And when UC's on offense, the thing to be worried about is Temple getting a deflection, a live ball turnover. They are sending Nate Pierre-Louis or Quentin Rose streaking down the court before the opponent knows what hit them and they're getting a layup. They got they got two of those in the first the first segment against Memphis last night. Memphis was loose with the ball in the first half and they fell behind. So if you if you know as far as Mick Cronin goes, you know his deal with turnovers, I'm sure that UC is going to be extra extra careful on offense in this one. They just you cannot give easy buckets on the road and Temple has the ability to turn teams over a bunch of times and, and when they do they really they really get up the floor quick so that's that's what you'll be worried about when UC has the ball and then when Temple has the ball you're going to be worried because they have multiple three-point shooters one through four can hit threes and as you've you've talked about this a lot Chad is that that UC's defense is is can really stuff out if you have one shooter maybe two but if a team has multiple three or four guys it's going to be tough Quentin Rose made made some shots against against Memphis last night. He's generally not a great three-point shooter, but he's got some confidence after that one. And as you know, Shiz Alston can get cooking. And then um, Pierre-Louis, Devontae Perry, and and J.P. Mormon, all those guys. Alani Moore can even come in and nail one. So your UC defense will be spread out, worried about the three-point shot. And then that that Ernest the Flack P character. Yeah, I was thinking about him, Chad. He's, 
he's kind of like a boss on Double Dragon or something. He's just like hard. He's like hate to deal with him down like I would, <laughs> like for like if you're like Nasir or you know Kyle Washington back in the last few years, like this guy just like get him out of here. He just he just roots himself in there. He's super super strong, and um, he's the type of guy that can get get offensive rebounds because you just can't move him. So you know if they were able if they're able to get some offensive rebounds and get those kickout threes, then the percentages go up. So you worry about the three point shot on offense. You worry about the runouts if UC turns the ball over. And I also I hear the baby. So, but anyway, go ahead and go ahead and talk for a second. I'll I'll we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to get this recorded while the baby's taking a nap, and I just heard her cry. <laughs> um. It's also the end of the, there. There she is, the end of the Fran Dunphy era in Temple. Right. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he would love nothing more than to uh, to hang a loss on the Bearcats uh, to uh, to strengthen his grip on the final AAC Coach of the Year award in his career. Um, but for Temple, uh, you got this is a massive, massive game for them because it, it they're. They're probably on the wrong side of the bubble right now. Right. But the reality is a tier one win over Cincinnati puts them either on the right side of the bubble or right there in the mix. And their metrics are good. Um, Their net and their Ken Palm are are solid. And if you tag a home win over, you know, a top 30 team in Cincinnati onto your resume, like they're going to know coming into this game, we got to get this win. And you would assume, you know, you're talking noon on a Sunday. Those tend to be a little lethargic for the road team. No Uh, doubt. Temple is going to come out hair on fire, trying to do everything they can. Yeah. Leah Uh, knows. Leah. That's right. Leah. Temple's going to, Temple's going to do everything they can to try to make this a game where, you know, they, they get some separation as early as possible. Right. And like you mentioned, it's Franz last year. So they got that extra motivation. And if you look at their, they have, I mean, I think they have a legit chance that they've been my dark horse pick to win the league all season. And one of the reasons was they only play Cincinnati once and it's at home. And the other reason was, was Fran Dunphy's last year. You got all that good mojo, you know, they're going to be working extra hard. And then the third reason was they don't have Obi and Echionia anymore, who I just, the numbers actually don't bear it out. I was just looking at the analytics. But I just felt like they didn't fit together very well with him on the floor and a flak P. And now they have they have like the four, the stretch four. They got like more more athleticism on defense and length and quickness and stuff. So with him out of the picture, I just felt like they were going to – other guys could step in that were going to make them uh, a much better team. They just – they seem like they, they're a better, more um, athletic defensive team this year without him and then on offense they have other guys playing that are a little bit smarter with their shot selection shall we say shall we, also, we say yeah and we also <laughs> and we and, I, and we haven't really announced this but we did have a bet after UConn beat Syracuse early in the year uh Chad texted me that he felt like UConn was going to win the league now after that game and I said what about Temple buddy and then we decided said well how about let's have a bet whichever team finishes higher in the standings and it's we, not looking. It's not looking real good for me on that one. Yeah, we did. We never settled on uh, on what exactly the bet was. I, it's probably just going to be like a meal and a beer or something. But 
And if, it, if, if I end up winning the bet, which it looks like it will, I would probably have to pick the best barbecue spot in town, and that's just Q, and <laughs> that's my opinion. Eh, I'm a velvet smoke guy. Okay. But velvet smoke's quite a haul. Uh, that, that's, yeah. the, that's, that's the unfortunate, and now I want velvet smoke. Now, now, now I'm going to get in the car and drive to Wes Harrison at noon on a Friday to get some velvet smoke. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that bet's not looking real good in my, in my, in my, uh, corner. The odds are, are in your favor heavily yeah. right now. Uh, UConn. Not as strong inside as they need to be. No, the guard play is definitely there, but not not a complete team yet for Danny Hurley. And uh, it, it most certainly looks like I'm going to be taking you out to dinner somewhere. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. yeah. But either way, yeah. This is so here. So you know, I was thinking about this this morning before the podcast. Is that this is a, obviously a huge test for UC. This is like one of those the old cliche measuring stick barometer games all that stuff and i think your 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 main goal if you're a bearcat fan is let's see if they can win this because they haven't really beaten a team on the road that's a threat to get to the tournament their best win is over Ole miss which was neutral Ole miss is probably going to be a tournament team most likely yeah but they also kind of fired all their bullets the night before against baylor and that so they were just missing everything against uc so you got to get, I mean, give UC some credit, but either way, it wasn't. So any, anyway, they haven't really kind of had that win where you're like, yeah, they are really good. So that's that's the main goal. But if they don't win, I'd like to see them get to a certain point total. Because if you look at the last four times they've gone to the Leacora Center, they have not gotten to 60 in regulation in any of those four. Right. So I'm not looking for 70 because I think that's probably out of the question. I, I'm going to need 65, though. If this offense is really the 30th best offense in the country, I, I need me I need me 65. I need to see 65. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, it's probably going to be a low possession game. Yeah. So 65 sounds about right. I think that's what you're going to need to win the game, first of all. But at least to be in the game at the end, because I think Temple they can score some points. They got they like I said they get their runouts. They got shooters. They got some offensive rebounding power. I mean, they're gonna, you know, you're not. I don't. I don't, I don't see UC winning this game 56-50 or something like they did a couple years ago, or what was it, 55-53 last year. I think it's going to be into the 60s, and UC is going to need to be there. They need to be over 60 and close to 65 to be in it in that last segment. Berg, I'm, I'm texting my guy right now, and I want some feedback from uh, from Bearcat Nation on this. What would you think of don't shoplift tradition shirts? <laughs> that's that's interesting. I didn't even think of that. That's a that's a great thought. And where would you get those shirts? You ask five one three shirts dot com. They are the proud partner of BearcatJournal dot com. That's where you can go to get all of your Bearcat Journal gear. We got hoodies. We got t shirts. We got hats. We got winter hats. Uh, and and we got the Red Helms line. And I'm thinking, don't shoplift tradition could be a pretty good shirt. I think so. I think they would go for that, especially if it gets some buzz. You need to get the clip from 
the post-game press conference last time and get that circulating so people know what it is. I agree. I, maybe I'll I'll put that out on Twitter and see what others think. But uh, Cincinnati basketball, don't shoplift tradition. Not I bad. That's, I think that's pretty good. You probably even get the coach to promote that a little bit. He'd probably retweet that. I bet he'd wear it. I bet I could get him. Yeah, there you it. go. Or like you have it. Yeah, how they always wear that stuff in the postseason, like all those slogans and stuff. Each team, or maybe like a like they do it in baseball a lot, and you know, whatever it is, they they everyone the whole team's wearing a certain. Leah, jeez. Leah <laughs> likes don't shoplift tradition. She does. She's crawling all over the place. <laughs> yeah, Leah, don't shoplift tradition. <laughs> She, you make your dad. Board. You make your dad earn it. You make <laughs> him chase you to every corner of that place, front, back, side to side, and earn his daddy points today. After your what thirty minute nap? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a shame because usually she's been going for two hours, and you know, you know how parents out there listening, you know when you're expecting the two hour nap and you get the thirty thirty five minute or it's going to throw some things off. Yeah. But what it doesn't throw off is your ability to go to 513shirts.com. <laughs> Hit on Partners, drop down to Bearcat Journal. You can get all the Bearcat Journal stuff there, and maybe we'll uh, we'll start mocking up a Don't Shoplift Tradition shirt. And uh, hopefully maybe get that on sale here for the second half of the basketball <laughs> season. All right, man, you got your hands full. Yeah, I think we, I think we covered it all. Yeah, you got, you got the Bearcats winning? I do not. On Sunday? You do not? I do not. This was one I had circled before the season. I just felt like not going to happen. They beat them twice in a row there. Just I don't. I just going to be tough. I, don't, I can't. I can't see it. But hey, they've 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 done things I didn't see coming into the season, like being ranked thirtieth in offense. So they could definitely do it. I just I wouldn't 20, bet on it. Twenty seventh in offense. Berg. Are they twenty seventh now? I think so. I thought they were 27th overall and 30th in offense. Okay, that might be what it was. Now you're much you're 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 my analytics guy. That's what I have you around for. Yeah. All right. Well, as you can hear by the daughter, she's hungry. All right. Well, let me get her something to drink. Thanks. Thanks for bearing with me on this. You take care of that, Berg. Thanks for everybody tuning in. We will see you next time. He's Justin Berg. I'm Chad Brendel. It's the BCJ podcast on BearcatJournal.com.